Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Today, let me introduce to you a young lady who runs for the Dalton State Roadrunners. Please welcome Kayla Maddox. Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) It's good to have you, Kayla. Um, Kayla is going to share her story with us today, and I think that it's one that you're not going to want to miss. If you've ever doubted yourself, if you've ever wondered if you can do that hard thing, then today's episode is for you. Now, I'm going to share something about, do you ever have any cravings? Yes. We all have those, right? All the time. <laughs> Especially uh, for sweet treats. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's usually the craving. Uh, but how about for running? Yes. Uh, uh, and, and here's the question. Is that even possible? Some people look at that and they go, that's not possible. It's not possible to crave running. But we're going to talk about that in Dean's thoughts today. So, so Kayla, tell everybody about yourself. Well, um, I'm a homeschool student, or I was. I was homeschooled from third grade to 12th grade. So I always like to joke with people that I was the most popular kid in school. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Uh, I'll be entering my second year at Dalton State um, in the degree of interdisciplinary studies, and I'll be doing a minor in um, health and wellness. Uh, I have two brothers. Uh, We've always lived in Ringgold, Georgia, so kind of love, you know, family time and hanging out with each other. I also, like, love helping little kids, and I'm always looking for excuses to hang out with my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've seen that firsthand. Uh, (laughs) All right. So, as always, we have a sponsor this week. And so this week, with the housing market at a recent high right now, having a reliable framing crew is essential. Someone who is honest, does what they say they will do, and someone who can get the job done with excellence. And that is Jess Burgess Framing Company. He has all those qualities. So if you're a developer or a contractor or you need something done in the, and you need a framer in the Dalton-Whitfield County area, call Jess Burgess for the best framing crew around. And we have a Facebook post from last week. And if you recall, just a few weeks ago, we had John Sandifer on this very podcast And John Sandifer has this Facebook post, and uh, if you heard John's story, you know that John had some struggles that he had to get through. And uh, he posts this from Gilkey, North Carolina. Found a nice rail trail in the foothills of North Carolina to get a nice long run, thermal, thermal belt rail trail. Beautiful day and beautiful countryside. I love finding beautiful little churches out in the country. Before I set out on my run, a young man, I'd say 30s, approached me asking for money. I sat down and talked to him for a while, and he opened up about his problem with alcohol. Any of you that heard my story on the podcast a couple of weeks ago know that I've had my struggles with alcohol in the past. I tried to see if I could get him, get him to some help, but he seemed to know all the local resources and just needed the motivation to use them. He let me pray with him and told me that he'd, he'd pray more on his own for direction. 
I'm asking for prayers today for Jeff in Ruth, North Carolina, that he would turn to God for healing and use the help that is available to him. I pray that God put me in his path for a reason to nudge him in that right direction. The experience made my run a long prayer for Jeff and of gratitude for the change God has made in my life. And I tell you, wearing the Run for God shirt really helps this natural introvert more proactively step outside of myself to reach out to others. This is truly my why. Thank you, God. I don't know why it always amazes me when God puts these things together. This happens to me all the time where I run into somebody and they just need to hear the same thing that I've been through, right? And they just need to hear a positive word. And it's it's just it's amazing how God does that. Have you ever experienced that, Kayla? Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing to um, when people just come into your life. It seems like at the right time, and you just needed, you know, their encouragement, or you just needed them even to just help push you through something. And yeah, I've had a couple of those experiences. We're going to talk about a little bit of that in your story, yeah. actually. So uh, it's amazing. You know, whenever I put these things together, and we've said this before on this podcast, I don't plan for all the stories to mesh. <laughs> I just, I don't do that. But God does, yeah. right? And so he takes that Facebook post that I had picked out before you wrote your story, and they go together so well. And it's, it's neat to see God work like that. Um, I, I think about, uh, you know, I, I've been... Um, in, in this this case, I've told the story before about how I went from doing a job making a certain amount of money to doing a job making half that amount of money, um, and how God has just provided, and I've just trusted Him to provide, and He does. And it's funny how God will put these people in front of me who are worried about doing something different because they're worried that making less money is going to cause them trouble. Yeah. I'm like, I let me tell you, <laughs> let me tell you what can happen. And, uh, and God gives me that opportunity to share my story. Um, so it's really cool. The trivia question from last week, it was this. Something unusual happened in the semifinals of the 400-meter run in the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. What was it and who was involved? And I'm going to, what I'm going to do, hopefully for the video, if you're listening to this on podcast, you won't see it. But if you're watching the video, I'm going to try to put this incident on the screen while we talk about it because it was really inspirational. And I I was trying to go through it and watch it myself. And I can't watch it without tearing up. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's just so good. So if, if you're listening to this on a podcast and you're not watching the video, you need to go find this, just this particular video. And anyway, the guy's name is Derek Redmond. He was running for Great Britain, and he had this dream to make it to the finals and compete for a medal in the 1992 Barcelona Olympic Games. Well, he was running in the semifinal heat. He's one step away from the final, and something happened. He gets about, I don't know, 20 seconds or so into his run, and all of a sudden, he pulls up with his hamstring. If you've ever watched somebody, that happen to somebody on the track, and especially a sprinter, you yeah. know what it looks like, right? It, it looks real painful. It's, it's painful. You just start hopping, and you grab that hamstring, and you just you can't keep running. As a matter of fact, I've, I shared on this podcast that I had a marathon recently where my hamstring seized up on me. It's nothing you can do. You, just, you cannot run. So anyway... 
he pulls up, he squats down in his lane, and people start coming to his aid. And then all of a sudden, you see, with these people all gathered around him, he just kind of pops out of this crowd, and he starts hopping down the track. You know, he can barely put any weight on that leg, but he's just kind of hopping down the track. And it's like you can see in his eyes, it's like, I I came here to finish this thing. I'm going to finish. And so that's what he does. He wants to finish. And I can imagine his entire life he was probably taught, don't give up. Right? right? You can just picture this guy that his father probably put this in his brain is you never give up, never give up. And that's what was driving him to, to get up and go finish this thing. And of course, all of a sudden he comes around the back stretch and around that last turn and his father, you can see his father in the background coming out of the stands wow. and you can see officials kind of chasing him down and telling him you can't, <laughs> you can't get on the track and, and him like, um, that's my son, I'm going. <laughs> Yes. And you can see the official. It's kind of like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And he kind of lets him go. And anyway, the officials, they try to stop him. And every parent understands the need to get out there in that moment. And as he gets to Derek, the moment just completely overwhelms him. and, And Derek just starts to sob uncontrollably. And you can just see the look in his eyes is like, my Olympic dream is done. But I got to finish this thing. And um, his father, he and his father, they just they start to walk. And his father puts his arm around him, and he just kind of tries to help him to the finish line. The officials are still trying to talk <laughs> his dad out of getting off the track, and he's just not going anywhere except where where Derek is going. He finishes. There's these huge cheers from the crowd as he finishes. And um, you know, very few people know who won that heat of the 400 meters in the Olympic trials, or excuse me, in the Olympics, but everybody knows about Derek Redman. Uh, it was heartbreaking and inspirational at the same time. Uh, it was inspirational because, you know, we've all had moments where we've had that choice where something hit us so hard and, and we just felt like it was impossible to finish it. But we have to make that choice. Do we, do we keep going? Do we try to finish it? Or do we just give up? And um, he made that choice to, to go to the finish. It made all the difference. Um, we know who he is today because of that. Now, if he had made it to the finals and he had finished fifth in the finals, let's say, we wouldn't even know who Derek Redmond is today. But we know who Derek Redmond is because of his persistence and because of his father's need to help his son get to that finish line. I just think it's an awesome story. And it's yeah. even more awesome when you watch it in person. So, um yeah. So what do you think about that story? What do you think about? Well, you know, as an athlete, you know, I know how much time and energy and training you put into any race. And so to have it like all taken away just by one incident and knowing that it was really like nothing you did. It's yeah. just it just happened. It, it kind of hurts because it's like you spent all of that time and all of the energy and um, it's yeah, but then knowing that, like, you just have that drive built into you that, you know, you just want to finish. Yeah. And I know what it's been like, you know, to have a race and have something happen. And just like that, you know, you can't run it anymore and it's nothing you could have done. You just, you want everything in you to just finish it. Yeah. Even yeah. if, like, you don't qualify or something, just finishing it is such a reward. Yeah, yeah especially when it becomes so hard. And I, 
you know, I've run a number of marathons. I know you've never run a marathon. No. But, um, you know, there's times I've been in marathons where I've been at 18 miles and thought, I don't know how I'm going to finish. I just don't know how I can possibly finish this race. And all you can do is focus on the next step. Yeah. And focus on the next mile. Um, but just the struggle is real. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, li- life is that way, too. You know, there's a lot of times where we get involved in something and it doesn't go like we want it to. And we want to give up. Right. And it's important. that I, That's why I really believe that um, for you as an athlete, as a college athlete, as a high school athlete even, I think the things that you learn as an athlete are so valuable and bleed into everything else you do in your life because I think there are a lot of people who give up too quickly. And most of those people who give up too quickly in life are people who probably weren't athletes when they were younger because they never had – they never got faced with what Derek Redmond got faced with and what you've been faced with and what I've been faced with. They've just never seen it. So they don't don't know – that you can push through that right so yeah yeah you're told a lot of times that like your mind's gonna quit before your body does that's right and so if you don't know that and if you've never been trained in that then you will quit before you know when your mind tells you to quit you will quit and you won't know that you can still push yourself a little bit further yeah yep yep yeah talk about pushing yourself a little further you you participated in a national championship event this year didn't you i did was that pretty cool that was so cool i never in a million years would have dreamed of doing that (laughs) and i think everybody's going to understand that a little bit more in context here as we as we get to your story Um, yeah because you had good reason to believe that that wouldn't be where you would be at any at any particular time um but you are a, a vital part of that team that finished 18th in the nation um, wow <laughs> so that's still amazing to think about yeah but uh yeah so so to go from where you you were a year before to being on that team and being a, again an integral part of that team pretty pretty amazing so if you're out there and you're wondering if there's something in front of you that is just insurmountable, that you just don't see any way you can do it. Take my word for it. You're going to hear a story here in just a little bit that's going to tell you that you might just might be able to overcome that thing. But before that, we're going to get to J Radio. We've told you before, it is the world's greatest digital music platform, and there is a Run For God channel. I have a playlist on there. Who knows? Maybe we could talk Kayla into submitting a playlist and put her Kayla's playlist up <laughs> there, too. Uh, but go out there, listen to J Radio, and um, you will love it. I promise. As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at jradio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store.
Okay, so we're back. Now, I think that most people believe that every college athlete is somebody who was born with this amazing talent and just grew up, and it and it just comes easy to them. We've all seen that athlete, right? That everything <laughs> yes. looks like it's easy, right? Yes. That's not necessarily your story, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> so let me ask you this. We talk all the time on this podcast about going outside of your comfort zone. That's that's something that we call it the comfort zone for a reason, right? Right. Um, how far have you had to go outside of your comfort zone to be where you are today? Real far. <laughs> <laughs> I have... It's amazing to think the things that I've pushed myself through out of that comfort zone and it's made me, you know, create a new comfort zone. And so the things that were out of my comfort zone, you know, maybe a couple of years ago now, like I do it all the time. And so now, you know, you're just constantly pushing your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about is going a little bit further, a little bit faster, a little bit further. Right? <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So Kayla is going to share her story. And actually, she sent her story to me, and she didn't have it titled, so I titled it <laughs> The Kayla Maddox Story. So here is Kayla's story. Yeah, so when I started running cross-country in eighth grade, I was doing it because I needed a PE class. My friend, and I have that in quotes, of mine ran on a team in Chattanooga and somehow convinced me to join the cross-country team. I remember showing up to my first practice and being absolutely terrified, even though everyone there was extremely nice and inviting. To say I was not the best runner is an understatement. <laughs> I went from sitting in my room doing nothing to running almost every day. I probably wouldn't have run on the non-practice days if it wasn't for my dad. He was the one to get me to run on the days off and it started to become something that we would do together. My first two mile race, I didn't even finish. That was when my mom told me to set a small goal. She gave me the challenge to run my next meet without stopping to walk. So that became my first challenge. But the team and the relationships I made the first year were the reason I decided to continue to run in high school. My freshman year of high school, things started going downhill. I had set my goal for running without stopping, but there was still a mental barrier. I was already talking negatively to myself because running was not coming easy for me, even though I had great coaches, encouraging parents, and awesome teammates. I was watching teammates and my brother, who started running the same year I did, break their personal best times and win all these medals. And I was coming in almost the last place, running 30-minute 5Ks. In my head, I didn't see how I could ever break 30 minutes and be a standout runner. With all the negative self-talk I was giving myself, I also had that one person who never failed to point out my problems and tell me what she thought of me. There's a saying that you could be told 20 good things, but one negative thing someone says about you will stick out the most. And that is exactly what happened. I think and meditate on the words people tell me. She told me that I couldn't do certain workouts without stopping, that the only reason I was running on the varsity team was because we didn't have a JV team, and that I would never be good enough to run collegiately, much less earn a scholarship, and she would. 
When you are told things like that consistently, you start to believe them yourself, and it showed in my running. So I told myself that after high school, I was done with running because I could never be good enough to be a college runner. I remember my last meet of junior year, my coach came up to me and told me that if I tried hard enough and put in the work, I could run collegiately. With the negative mentality I had already developed, I obviously didn't believe her and said that I would never do that. A couple months later, I had one of the team moms come up to me and ask if I had ever considered running in a college. And she shared her athletic college experience how many people she had met, the friendships she made, and the places she went. After that, I started to consider the possibility, but I still wasn't convinced that I could be good enough. By the end of my senior cross-country season, I saw just how much time I had cut off. I was now running 23-minute 5Ks. In my mind, the only way to be a college runner was if the coach came and recruited you. That is not true. <laughs> Sometimes you have to put yourself out there. When trying to pick a college, I couldn't get the thought of doing school and running on a team out of my head. After all, I had been doing that for the past five years. I had finally fallen in love with the sport and wanted to see how far I could go. I emailed Dean with the heading, Future Lady Roadrunner, hoping that would get his attention and maybe hear from him in a couple of days. Nope, I received a response within the hour. Little did I know that would be the first hurdle on this new journey I was on. Dean will be the first to tell you, and he often will, that <laughs> I was not in the greatest shape that first practice, and I even questioned what I had gotten myself into and if I could even do this. I got into Dalton State and was now running as a lady roadrunner. Though I was technically considered a walk-on, that did not stop me from wanting to push myself. My first college meet, I ran a 24-35, but by the end of the season, I had improved my personal best to a 20-43. I was getting out of my comfort zone, even on the track, running the 800 meter, the 4 by 100 meter, and the 1500, which were all new races for me. It was true that I had met a lot of new people that were great friends in pushing me and encouraging me. I remember being at a local high school track meet with some friends, and the conversation got brought up about being on scholarship. I told them that I was not on scholarship, and their mouths dropped in shock. They said, wait, you're not getting paid to run? You're just out here for fun? Truthfully, I'd never thought of it that way. I was showing up to every practice, not because I was getting paid, but because I wanted to prove to myself and to others that I was capable of being a scholar college runner as anyone else. Yes, I was doing it because I wanted to, not because I had to. Some would say that I have every right to be angry at the person that hurt me, and I do. However, I have chosen to be grateful not only, for the not only for the difficult person in my life, but also for the encouraging people that I have, like my coaches and my friends. I wouldn't be the person I am today without those people and the experiences I went through, both good and bad. 
I have learned not to care as much what other people think of me because that is not why I was put on this earth. I was put on earth to glorify God and what he thinks and says about me is far more important. I also learned to set small goals that lead to a greater goal. In the past couple of months, I have met some great people who have taught me so much and have gotten me out of my comfort zone. God doesn't, God puts the right people in your life at the right time. God doesn't promise Christians an easy life, but he does promise to provide and be with us. What a good story and what a story of triumph. Um, I don't know uh, if people, people hear those times, they don't know anything about, a lot of people don't know anything about times. To go from 24 and a half minutes down to under 21 minutes is a long, long, long way. First of all, um, to be under 21 minutes is way, way more than, than what um, I think that you ever thought, thought you would be. Um, I, <laughs> I got your uh, – it's funny. I just recently saw that – I forget what we called it – that questionnaire that you send in. Yeah. Um, that, that you answer a bunch of questions and you, you put in your PRs in there. Well, that PR, it said your PR – was 2305 for 5k and seven minutes for for 1600 <laughs> and uh and now you look back at that and you go 20 really wow you know, yes. it, it's, it's it's a big deal uh and i do remember and as you mentioned i bring up that first practice every once in a while <laughs> i think it's more than every once in a while uh, every, once, every <laughs> once in a while i bring that one up uh <laughs> I think that's your favorite story to tell. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, it is a good one. Um, I can't believe that on. Wrong direction. Um, yeah. So that first practice, you. <laughs> <laughs> you can't think of it without laughing. <laughs> I can't. I can't. And, and we laugh about this all the time. And and I, I always hope. I always hope Kayla takes this well, and she always seems to take it well. So before you. Before you hear this, just understand there's a lot of context that, that's gone in before this. But the first day that Kayla was there, I ran with her that day. <laughs> and it was hard to run with her that day. It's hard to run with her that day, mostly because we were running so slow. And, um, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I don't know if this girl's going to make it. <laughs> and, and so anyway that that first day i was like i just don't know and then i just remember she she improved really quick and uh and, and got better really fast and i remember i was having a conversation too talking about um somebody else on the team i pointed somebody else out on the team to you and said that's who you where she is right now is where you need to be next year yeah and, and you told me that and i was like oh my stars i don't know if i can do that right <laughs> But you ran faster than she ran her freshman year. So there you go. You did it because you could. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. Have you gone back to that person who had these negative thoughts and said anything to her? No, I haven't. Um, at the end of the day, you know, God knows where both of our hearts were in the situation. And, you know, I don't need the acknowledgement from her that she was wrong about me. Um, you know, 
there you can't fa- flame a fire that's already been put out um and sometimes you just have to you know move walk on walk away and move on um i know when i was reading this question i was like oh my gosh <laughs> that's and um i remember a bible verse popped into my head it's genesis 50:20 and it says but as for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good um, in order to bring it about as it is that day to save many people. And so I just think, you know, just like Joseph didn't, you know, hold a grudge against his brothers. Um, sometimes you just have to be the bigger person and just walk away from a situation. That's, that's awesome. So now is she running in college? No. <laughs> no. In fact, she quit like two years before senior year. So I was like, oh, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. 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 But um, it, it's all good. And what a great perspective, too. I love And that verse, man, that fits that perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't know if I've ever thought of that verse in, the, in that. Con- I know I haven't thought of it in that context. But in that context, that's great. And you mentioned in there you didn't see how you could ever break 30 minutes at one point. Yeah. And I want to say to the people that are out there that listen to this podcast, a lot of them have goals. You know, their goal may be just to to run a five. They can't see how they could possibly ever run three miles without stopping. Some people think they can't do, you know, insert whatever it is. Everybody's got a different level. And you truly, at one point, honestly couldn't see how you could run under 30 minutes and you're so far past that now that it's i mean it's it's like the difference between walking a mile and and running a marathon almost it's such a huge chasm between what you've accomplished and what you've done versus what you thought you could do yeah so I want people out there to understand that if you're in that boat and you're you're in that boat where okay I want to try to run I want to try to run a marathon and I've never run anywhere near 10 miles before can I do that you can do so much more than you believe that you can often and it's just a matter of being persistent right right because that's what you did you just got yeah and I think also you know what helps is you know I've and I've told you you know I have a long-term goal of you know being in the 19s by the time I am a senior and you know you can't sometimes if you think about that you can just get overwhelmed with oh my goodness I don't think I can do that that seems like so hard but if you set like smaller goals for yourself so like I did you know I set the goal of you know just run this without stopping and then once you hit that then you can start to be like okay I just want to knock like five seconds off that time and if you keep doing that then eventually you know you're going to get to that point and you're going to get to that goal that you ultimately set it set for yourself Eventually, you'll set the world record at that pace. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but but seriously, that's a great way to look at it. Take things in in small bites instead of one big, big lump, right? Yeah. My mom often tells me, how do you eat an elephant, Kayla? (laughs) Piece by piece. That's right. One bite at a time. That is a, a fact. So just so you know, I don't know if you know this, but I have talked with your coach. Oh, no. Really? And he expects you to be under 20 minutes this year (laughs) rather than your senior year so um i'm just saying (laughs) 
and he feels pretty confident about it from what i understand yeah um <laughs> good because now that i see that i can do that we're going to change up that plan <laughs> there you go. Uh, and just so everybody out there knows um I, I don't i don't share scholarship information specific scholarship information about our athletes but i will tell you this kayla did earn a scholarship this year based on her performance and what she did out there on the cross-country course so congratulations for that thank you um i don't do stuff for free do i no, I no. It, but but you earned it for sure um and I have to say this, too. I, I've seen you do over and over again. I've seen you step outside your comfort zone. This is one of those times. This cannot be the most comfortable place for you to be right now. No, it's not. <laughs> but you're here. Yes. And you've consistently done that over this year as you've, you've stepped outside your comfort zone. Is that something new for you? Or yes. Is that, I thought so. Yes, very new. I would... I was very content with telling people no because I didn't I didn't want to feel awkward and you know have those awkward moments and I think now I've just learned to embrace the awkwardness because it's going to come yeah and you know it's a part of growing up is just you know putting yourself out there and putting yourself in awkward situations so yeah well and uh, and it's been worth it hasn't it yes it's been totally worth it for sure you know, I, I think, you know, I don't want to live with any regrets. And so, you know, by saying no, you're not, you know, you could regret doing something and you never know what could come from putting yourself out there. That's right. Right. I, I, the, the pain of, of not knowing to me is worse than the pain of going through it. Yeah. It's is kind of the way I look at it. We got some scripture references here. Of course, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Do you believe God has a plan for you? And do you think that God's plan for you included Dalton State College? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Bible says, you know, God knew you before you were even you know, knit in your mother's room. So if you knew that, you know, he has to have a plan for me. It's just, you know, I don't know that plan yet. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, Dalton State was most definitely where I needed to be um, yeah. in my years of college. Well, another thing I've heard from your coach is that he's very glad you're there. <laughs> um, yeah, I love this verse. You know, Jeremiah here in this verse is telling the Israelites that God has all these great plans for them. But he knows, because Jeremiah is telling them, they're going to wind up in captivity in Babylon at the same time that he's delivering this message. Talk about outside your comfort zone. I mean, yeah. th think about having to deliver a message to somebody. Now, I, I realize that over the next several years, you're going to be miserable. But let me tell you what's down the road, right? Yeah. I mean, how do you preach that message? And what, you know, that's not very encouraging to be like, you're going to be miserable. Yeah. <laughs> like, who wants to be miserable? <laughs> it's kind of like telling somebody they're going to run a, they're going to have to run the steeplechase at the conference meet when they've oh, never yeah. run it before. I wonder who's done that before. Could that, could that ha ever happen? <laughs> yes. But that was really outside of somebody's comfort zone, yes. wasn't it? And, uh, but how did it turn out? It's so good. It turned out great, didn't yes. it? Yes. And so, yeah, gosh, getting outside of your comfort zone and looking for, look, we got to search for that because God will reveal his plan to us, but it's not like a document that we get in the mail. Wouldn't that we, be nice? <laughs> wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? We have to look for it. 
And we have to be intentional about looking for it. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Of course, as part of a team, you get to see that all the time, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I love to see you guys when you guys are supporting each other. I mean, y- you are a whole team of women. <laughs> and anytime you get a bunch, bunch of women or men, for that matter, you get a bunch of people together, and there's always going to be a little bit of this uh, maybe some friction every once in a while. But when it comes time for competition, y'all are really, really good about supporting one another, aren't you? Yes. It's, it's really good to see. Do you feel like it's part of your responsibility as a teammate to, to help build others up? Oh, absolutely. You know, cross country is an individual sport and wanting to cut times off, but it's also a team sport. And, you know, I've found that, you know, they're just because I'm struggling with something, somebody else on this on the team could be struggling with that too. And it's easier to give someone else advice than it is to take your own advice. <laughs> and so um, just pushing each other and knowing that like even though you're all out on the course together, like I know that the other girls are cheering for me in their head and they want me to do, you know, as good as I can do because they want that for me, but also it you know helps the team yeah yeah and what i love too is is i like it when we've got well i i know for a fact that you know our number one runner on our team she's a freshman as well and i know she's really supportive of you yes and wanting you to do well yes um and she has every right to go i'm worried about myself but she takes time to worry about you too doesn't it feel good to hear words of encouragement from her as well yes yeah um yeah we had this saying all year freshman power (laughs) because it was just me and her and having someone there that you know is better than you to help push you you know she could have just been like yeah you're on your own (laughs) haha try to catch me but she's not that way Mm -hmm. which is really nice and i don't think we have anybody on the team that's that way no we don't we certainly have we have some inner you know we have some inner squad battles where people right. are trying to beat people and i get that yeah. and that's good that's good healthy competition yeah i even i can't remember what race it was but i had a race and we were running our warm-up and one of the girls looked at me and she told me she was like if you can pass me pass me mm-hmm. do it because she knew that you know if she couldn't do it she wanted the team to do good right and so that's when she told me that and i was like oh okay but <laughs> you beat her that day i think right? so i think you beat her that day yeah and um the, the only time you be I, I think that was the only time you were in the top five a, a, a part of the so. scoring team yeah for, for the year and uh that yeah no you were in the top five early in the year when we had one that was injured oh yeah but uh but yeah it, it feels good to be a part of a team and be a part of a team where the person that you beat feels good about you beating them right right that's always that's always really cool um so this wouldn't necessarily be a teammate who's your favorite person to uh to hear positive things from oh gosh you're gonna make me pick a favorite you're gonna get me in trouble (laughs) (laughs) not necessarily a teammate doesn't have to be a teammate um you know i've been so lucky to have the support system that i have um you know my parents and my family you know they've always been supportive and you know anything that i've set out to do um and then i had amazing high school coaches that really you know pointed me in the direction and that I needed to go um I also had 
this what I call my mom squad, which was a bunch of the high school moms that would just pour into me. And, you know, if one of them was always at the finish line, you know, to hug me and to catch me and to make sure I was okay. And so I still get texts from them occasionally just like encouraging me and um, always wanting to know like where I'm going to be, how my meets are going. And so it's just been amazing to have the support system that I've had. Um, I, pro- I, in fact, I know, you know, I wouldn't be able to do what I did without my support system in place. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear. Um, so what do you think are some, some of the ways that we can help make each other better? I mean, that's really ultimately the goal in a team sport, right? Is trying to help each other get better. So how do we, how do you do that? Um, I think, you know, obviously with, you know, verbally encouraging each other and just knowing that sometimes you just have to put things aside. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, when you hang out with someone and you travel with them and you're stuck on the bus with them and then you're stuck in a hotel room with them, it's easy to pick up on the, the little things, the nagging things, and just understanding that, like, you just have to put that away and know, you know, what you're doing. And, um, yeah, I think that's how. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that I think there's a lot of ways that we can support people and try to help make others better, you know, and of course, verbal support is is a good way. And and a lot of times we we can use verbal support when when we're really down. Um, Yeah. You know, we had I had something that happened to me last week that was really, really discouraging. It was a really super discouraging thing. And um, my wife was like it's okay we'll, we'll we'll get through this it's not a big deal don't worry about it and uh, as guilty as i felt because the problem the problem that was there was something that i caused and um but she was like yeah don't worry about it and uh, having somebody there to always kind of scoop you up off the ground while, when you're laying on the ground yeah. is, is always good right i yes. think about that person when you get through Sometimes, you know, you guys get through that really, really hard workout and you want to lay down on the ground. Yes. And of course, I know uh, I always walk over to you and I lift you back up. And yes. Go, Come on, let's get up on our feet. Yeah. And um, But it's good to have somebody like that, right? Yes. To, to have somebody who's willing to pick you up when, it's, when, when, you're, when you're down and it's hard and things, it's hard to get to that next thing. Um, and you got some of those things where sometimes you just put yourself out there you mentioned that that's what kind of what you did in in getting uh to to run you just said you know what i'll take a shot let me just let me see what they say (laughs) yes right yeah and uh and i think that if you had it all to do over again you wouldn't do it any different no uh because because it worked out great um yeah so i i remember a, a particular incident back it's been a couple years ago this is one of the one of the girls on on the team you don't know about this incident but i had everybody i had our team run basically in two packs on purpose um and and so the the goal was these this pack of three one would lead the first mile was assigned to lead the first mile then there was one assigned to lead the second mile and one that was assigned to lead the third mile that was the way i wanted them to to run this particular race so we had two groups like that and then we had one that was in in the front but (laughs) but they ran that way and this one girl was like she ran that race and she ran really well and she was like i didn't know 
I could run with them. <laughs> I knew she could run with them. Yes. She didn't know that she could run with them, and so she did it. And it changed the trajectory of everything she's done since then. Because now it's like, it doesn't matter who's ahead of her. Now she thinks she can run with everybody. <laughs> um, and it's really, it's really cool to watch that. Uh, but that all comes from somebody, in this case, I mean, I don't, I'm, not bra- I'm not bragging on myself, but I could see that in her, right? Yeah. And, I, and I knew she had it in her, and all she had to do was see it. Right. And that's, that, that's the mechanism that was used for her to be able to see that. And uh, it was so it's awesome. kind of like just a switch in your brain. Like as long like if you it's and it'll hurt. But as long as you can just get to that point and push yourself just a little bit further past that point, then it's just like it opens up like this whole new like, whoa, I didn't know this was on the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like have you ever have you ever seen the uh, the Wizard of Oz? Yes. Of course you have. You're, you're a homeschool student. You've seen oh all the classic. <laughs> you've seen all the classic movies, because um, that's the way you guys are, and that's awesome. And I'll mention to everybody out there: we have three homeschool girls on our team, and I'll take I'll take more. So if you're out there and you're a homeschool high school runner, and you want to run somewhere, we got a place for you. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, you remember in, 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 in Wizard of Oz where it's all black and white and then all of a sudden the door opens up and it's color. Yeah. That's kind of how it is when you push past that that, yeah. per, that point. Right. You The door opens up. It's like, wow, it's <laughs> a whole new world. Proverbs 426. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. <laughs> planning. Are you good at planning? I like to think that I'm good at planning, and I, I am, but the execution can kind of fall through <laughs> a little bit. Uh, well, my, my problem, I'm, on the, I'm the opposite. I'm not great at planning, but I can usually execute, Yeah. even when I haven't planned. Yeah, so I if know. I'm kind of put on the, you know how I am. I do. You, uh, y'all are so patient with me. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I... I the execution part is is my strength. It, I can be put in a bad position, and I feel like I can get through it, just based on because probably because I don't plan that well. Here's yeah. here's what I think about planning. Okay, this is a, this is an argument I used to have with a friend of mine. So <laughs> he a guy that worked for me at one time. He was a safety and training manager, and um, I, I asked him one day. He said he he got on to me about putting stuff off and not not planning stuff until the last minute. And I said, I said, well, let me ask you something. I said, now, if you're going to let me say that you're going to you're going to teach a class a month from now, what are you going to do today? He said, well, I'm going to plan the class out. I'm going to put all, pull all my notes together and I'm going to I'm going to have it all done probably within the next week. I said, that's right. I said, so the day before you teach that class, what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to pull my notes back out and I'm going to go back over them and make sure I've got everything down. I said, yeah, that's right. I get that done in one step. (laughs) Yes, okay, Dean. Anyway, pondering our path um, is is one of those things that sometimes that's hard, right? Because the world tells us our path should be in one direction when God's got our path going in a completely different direction. And that that makes it hard, doesn't it? Um, But... As a homeschool student, you're kind of used to taking a different path. You really are. And I, yeah. I mean, I say that complimentary because 
I was talking with one of our one of our homeschool ladies this morning. We were running, and I was we were talking about something that had happened and talking about GPS watches and stuff. And she said, well, when she first started running, she didn't have a GPS watch. Right. Even though they were available at that time, she didn't have one because her family was kind of old school. Yeah. It was like, yeah. So she she understands running at a different level because she's gone. She she didn't always have technology to rely on, which a lot of runners today, particularly your age, have that technology that you've always been able to rely on. Right. She didn't have that. And it makes her a better runner today because of it. Um, so how do you stay away from the things of the world that want you to go down a different path? You're in you're of that age where it's a lot harder than it is for somebody my age. Right. So how do you do that? You know, it takes a lot. A and, lot and of stuff. And by, the, by the way, everybody, if you can hear thunder in the background, we are having a rainstorm here, <laughs> so just bear with us. It's we're gonna go right through it. <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot of self control. And it takes a really strong faith-based foundation because, you know, you're out in the world now, and so you're kind of surrounded by it. And if you don't have that strong foundation, and if you don't have those standards set for yourself of, I'm not going to allow myself to do that, if you don't have that, it is very easy to just slip into it. And I think something that has helped me, you know, is I still live at home. Um, So I, you know, I drive to college every day. I don't live, you know, on campus. And, you know, I've seen people who do live on campus and they fell through those cracks. And luckily they were able to pick themselves back up. But, you know, when you're just surrounded by it, it's so easy to fall into the college life quote unquote um because you're surrounded by it 24 7 yeah yeah um so as you as you say it's become a lot harder hasn't it yeah because when you were homeschooled you weren't exposed to nearly as much as you are today right right yeah and and so i i've noticed how um as with most homeschool students uh, your parents were really, really tight on you at the yeah. beginning of the year, and they've loosened up a lot. Yes. To this, to this point, right? Yeah. Um, which is great, um, but you've earned that too. Just like you earned that scholarship money, you've earned that by keeping away from the ways of the world and doing right. like, doing the right things. And they see that, and they realize that, huh? We raised a pretty responsible young lady. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Psalm one one. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. <laughs> you know, you, you did a really good job of not allowing the negativity of somebody to guide what you did. Um, and that's, what's, that's what this is. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed is the person who doesn't listen to those people who will say negative things about us, right? Right. And that's what you did. Um, was it hard to get to that point, though? After, after hearing that, was it hard for you to go from being beat up to the point of getting through that to the other side? Oh, absolutely. There were there were times where I just wanted to give up. I I didn't want to, you know, keep pushing myself because I was just tired and just got to a point where I was just like, I'm so tired. I just want to give up. But 
you know, you have to realize that giving up would have been the easy way out. You know, walking away from it and giving up would have been the easy way. Um, and, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So, yeah. you know, I can sit here and be like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. It was that happened. But, you know, at the time it was it was hard. Yeah. And, you know, it really messed with my mindset of, you know, friends and, you know, how I, I am supposed to treat friends and how I am supposed to be treated by true friends. And, you know, I think if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't be the person and have the mindset that I do today. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I now know, you know, how I'm supposed to treat friends. And I have a standard for, you know, how I want to be treated as a friend. So that's great. That is a, a great perspective and way to look at it sometimes it's really difficult to stay away from what in this verse he calls the wicked because the wicked is all around us it's kind of all, yes. all, all all over the place um and, and sometimes it's really really difficult to stay away from that and, and it's because and especially at your age you've probably got some folks that are trying to pull you in those directions on occasion it's hard yeah. to, it's hard to stay away from that when somebody's trying to pull you there and going it's all good it's all okay i promise nothing bad's gonna happen right yeah uh, but that's you're fortunate to be surrounded the group of friends that you have yes on the team they're pretty good girls yeah you, you're not you're not being you're not being pressured that much right. by them which is uh which is fantastic um but then sometimes we don't even recognize the wicked. For yes. example, this girl, when she, you recognize that as being negative, but you didn't realize exactly why God would put something like that in your life at that time, did you? Right, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I know I said it and I had it typed out. You know, I had her as a air quote friend. Yeah. And because it's easy to say you are a certain person, but. The way your actions are is really what matters. And so, you know, you can say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm your friend. I'm here for you. But if their actions don't match it, then their word, you know, really means nothing. Yeah, that's a good good way to put it. Good way to put it. I think this is the way that a lot of people become, fall into things like addiction. You know, when somebody becomes addicted, if it's, let's say it's just alcohol and, and you become addicted to alcohol, I think that happens because... I mean, obviously, it starts somewhere, right? And you start down that road, but then you just keep convincing yourself that that wicked thing that's that's going to cause you problems eventually is not the wicked thing that it is, right? And you don't see it for that. And um, you know that's that's how Satan works. Exactly. You know, he tempts you with this just this one little thing, like you know, oh, this apple, it's nothing. Like mm-hmm. just eat it; it's okay. And then before you know it, you've fallen so far away. And you really have to be intentional about, you know, going back to the Lord and getting back on the right path. Yep. He is insidious for yes. sure. Some questions. Can you look back on your life and see the people God placed in your path for your good? And then the second question is, did you see it at the time? So it's easy. For, you just mentioned several people that were in your life that you, that you recognize now. Um, did you recognize them at the time? No. No. I think, you know, I was young. I was 
probably like 12. And so right. at that age, you're kind of oblivious to the underlying thing. You just see people as who they are. Yeah. And no, I, I didn't know. Right. Right. You were so fortunate and just didn't didn't understand that at the time. Right. And it's the, it's that way with so many of us. It, as adults, we're the same way. Um, you know, I, I've told the story on here before about how I worked for a company for 25 years and then found myself without a job all of a sudden, basically. Um, that was that's real easy to go. Oh, my gosh, I'm a loser. You know, it, it's real easy to look at that and think that. Um, there, there, there's you not being able to see the way out, not being able to to figure out why in the world would God do this to me? You know why? Why would God allow me? I'm I'm pretty faithful, you know. I haven't done anything to God. Why did He give me put me at this point? Yeah. And then fast forward a year later, I'm running with I'm I'm uh, working with Run for God, and a year after that, I'm working with Dalton State, and and I love what I do now. I never would have done that. I never would have left what I was doing to go to that because of the difference in the amount of pay. And I would have thought there's no way I can afford to do that. Right. But God had to prove to me that all that could work out. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a saying, um, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard so many different people who either agree with it or disagree with it. And, you know, my my point, my vision of it is you know, God does give you more than you can handle, but he doesn't give you more than he thinks you can handle. Because if he gave, because, you know, you have just this small mindset of what you think you can handle. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to, you know, just pushing yourself outside the boundaries and knowing that you can handle more than you think you can. Mm -hmm. You can't handle more than God can handle. Right. That's, that's basically where, where, where the way I've always looked at it, uh, that, that particular saying. Um, and I used to have, I used to have a lady that worked for me one time. <laughs> used to love it she used to say when she was a little girl her grandmother would say now you know god won't put more on you than you can handle and she would be crying and she'd be going but grandma i think he's got me confused with somebody else <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, great yeah yeah um yeah it, it, it's it's not so easy to see when somebody's a negative person and they're in your life and, and negative things happen it's a lot harder to, to see that as being a good thing um because it's negative by definition um so yeah do you remember any other times when god put somebody in your path for something that maybe it wasn't running related but but there's somebody that just came into your life at the right time oh yeah yeah even recently you know I was terrified to come into college because I had a great group of friends and I didn't know if I would get a great group of friends, which again, I've been very lucky to have those friends. Um, but even friends that are way younger than me that are still in high school, you know, I met them even a couple months ago and they have helped me so much just to really be able to find who I am again and really, you know, be able to point me, you know, back to reading my Bible and getting back in the word and knowing that you can't, I couldn't just let that one person define all of the other friends because there are good people out there. Yeah. And so, yes, I've had even still people yeah. come into my life at the right time. That's awesome. Um, do you remember ever being that person? Um, 
I think she quit before I could beat her, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I think, because uh, I think sometimes, you, I, I see it all the time, where, again, and we mentioned it before, God puts me in a position at a particular time, I think, and um, yeah, I, th- I think it's cool to be that person. Not the negative one, but the positive one that, that, mo- that tries to help motivate somebody yeah. and is there for somebody. How do you stop the negative thoughts that the evil one puts in our heads? <laughs> That's a, uh, here's the way I always look at it. The closer we are to God, the easier it is to eschew the things of the evil one. I, I just, the more I'm, I'm, I'm focused on my Bible study and really getting into the word, the more that I spend time in prayer uh, the better off I am and the easier it is for me to kind of shrug off those those negative thoughts that come into your head automatically because Satan's just lobbing those things into your brain constantly, yeah. right? Um, and, 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 and I always looked at it this way. The, the one, here's one thing that's for sure is that if you are far away from God, it's not because he moved. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's because we moved. And so I always have to remember that and go, okay, I need to get back to what I'm, what I'm doing. It's a little bit like when, um, you know, if you're not running well because you didn't run during the summer, it's not the coach's fault. <laughs> really? <laughs> right? Oh, man. <laughs> I need to get you to agree with that. Uh, <laughs> we just have to be purposeful about it, I think, um, in, in order to, to get those, those negative thoughts out. Um, and, and, and I think we're all we all have those those moments I, I'm one of those people who when I when I get under pressure and things aren't going well things are getting that out of control maybe somebody's waiting for you or like I'll give you an example you know I'm doing these a uh, Facebook live session and all of a sudden the, the whole thing cuts off on yeah. me and then I well it was when we were doing YouTube and I can't get back on there and I get I would get so frustrated with it because and I've just, you know, in hindsight, I look back and I go, that's just, that was just God, Satan just getting in there and just putting something. And, and I would come back on and everybody would come back and everybody would be so kind. And, and, and they would say, you know, these things happen. And I'm like, they're not supposed to happen. Everything's <laughs> supposed to be perfect. Um, I think we talked about at that one practice, too, and it was just me and you, you know, I don't even remember what exactly, but, oh, it was because I thought to myself, like, in order to be considered a good Christian, you had to read your Bible every day and constantly be in prayer. And like, yeah, that's all good. But just because you don't do that doesn't make you a bad Christian. And, you know, that was Satan getting in my head and being like, you're not good enough because you're not in your word every day. And it is a struggle to be in your word every day and read your Bible and pray. You know, you very, you have to be intentional about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just Satan just getting in there and getting in your head. And it's so hard to just, you know, push past it. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, so many parallels to running. <laughs> man oh man um yeah and and do you ever catch yourself going in that negative direction and just before you really get there you go ah, ah, yeah ah, not going there yeah yeah happens all the time I, and sometimes i call myself i'm like thompson what are you thinking 
<laughs> you know, I, I get mad. I call myself names or something, you know, just to, yes. to get by it and go, I, all right, get focused. Come on. <laughs> um, and because the, more, the harsher I am on myself, the more I remember it the next time. And don't yeah. go there the next time. <laughs> so that's that's my trick. Do you have any tricks you use to keep yourself from negative thought these days? Not really, no. It's just, you know, having to catch yourself before you allow yourself to go past that point. And I just have to really be intentional about catching myself. I know you had a you had a real mental problem with races at one point in time you had a really hard time pushing yourself past that point of that initial pain yeah and that's where that's really your improvement has come not as a result of fitness as much as it has come as a result of your being able to push your brain past where it thinks it can go right and um how how do you think you've been able to do that how have you been able to get your brain refocused in an area where you can get past that initial pain and go i can handle more Honestly, I have no clue. <laughs> I remember just getting to that point constantly and just getting so frustrated with myself. And my mom would always tell me, she's like, Kaylee, you did it at practice. All you got to do is do it on you know, race day. Mm-hmm. You've done it at practice. You already know you can do it. And I guess in my mind, I just didn't think of it like, oh, I've already done that. I can do it again. Um, and so I, I really don't know. But yeah. it's been so great to get past that point. Yeah. Well, you know, your current coach kind of designs those workouts sometimes to be hard enough that they're harder than races so that it's easier to push past into races. When, when your practices make you push harder yeah. than your races do, it makes it easier to push yourself into race, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think I even told you the end of this season, I had a friend come up to me and I was on my two-week break and I was like, Dean, can I go running? And you were like, no, you cannot go running. You're a mandatory two weeks. And I was like, but I just want to go running. <laughs> I think that's the addicted part is because I was like, but Dean, I just want to go running. Like, just let me go running. And I've even had uh, the Riley as, you know, texting me. She's like, Kayla, I just want to go running. And I'm like, Dean, you have created monsters. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, all right. What, here's the last question. What hard thing is out there for you to accomplish that you haven't attempted? Is there anything else like that for you? Is there something you've always wanted to do, but you haven't done? Um, I think there will always be an element of something that I want to do, but I haven't done. Um, but as of right now, what's the big thing right now? There's got to be something big you want to do. Um, I would like to run a half marathon one day and that seems like the longest runs I've ever done is probably a 10 miler and so you know they think oh that's only you know three miles longer but it just seems like that word half marathon is like makes your eyes get real big (laughs) you could totally do that you could do that today if you wanted to uh (laughs) (laughs) I, i remember when debbie my wife always wanted to jump out of an airplane and uh with parachute and so we did that for her uh birthday one year and she was so excited and you i mean you watched her and you could see a little bit of nervousness in her but yeah. you know who was way more nervous than her you me <laughs> me i was the one that was it was i mean you could see it i was really crazy nervous 
in that thing way more nervous than she was um, <laughs> it was out way outside my comfort zone to jump out of an airplane and uh, i remember we were we were on the airplane and they said listen a lot here's what a lot of people will say a lot of people will say why would anybody jump out of a perfectly good airplane <laughs> well make sure you tell them this this is not a perfectly good airplane. Oh, no. <laughs> That's exactly what you want to be told. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, uh, the things you do for your wife. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I, I, may, <laughs> I may try something really hard this July, actually. I'm thinking about going to there's – a, there's a national championships for master's athletes, and I'm thinking about running four races in four days. I'm thinking okay. about running the 5K on a Thursday – the steeplechase on a Friday. Oh, I want to see that. The 10K on a Saturday, and then the 1500 on a Sunday. Oh, you could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds no big deal, right? I'll go watch you. <laughs> oh, no problem. It'll be an From aisle. all the times that you watched me, I will go watch you yes. suffer now. <laughs> <laughs> so you can watch me suffer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were there when I ran that mile, weren't you? Yes. Yeah, you watched me suffer that day. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so good. <laughs> Uh, I've tried most of the things I've wanted to try in my life at this point. It's, I've, I've been around long enough. But I have always thought it would be cool to run the full length of the Appalachian Trail. I've always thought that would be fun to do. I'm not, I'm not usually a trail runner, just, but just the idea of doing the AT I think would be cool. Um, but the other thing that, uh, that I know that I, I always thought when I was younger, I always wanted to ride my bicycle across the United States all the way across the United oh, States. Wow. And that just doesn't hold the same fascination as it <laughs> <once> did. <laughs> I don't know why, but that one's just not uh, not not getting me anymore. Um, but mainly this is the thing that I would like to I would like to do. I would like to be a bolder witness for Christ. I remember a guy one time. It was actually I saw him at Fast Break Athletics is where I was. Wow. Uh, where a couple of the girls on our team, their sister works at Fast Break yeah. Athletics. And um, I was in that store when this guy came in there, and he was just talking with folks, and he was so bold. But it wasn't an in-your-face kind of way. Yeah. It was, uh, hey, I got this great news I want to share with you. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And he was so bold about it. And I, I've thought about that guy a lot. I mean, that's, this has been probably 10 years ago that I saw this guy. I still think about him today. That was, that's how impactful that guy was to me. I want to be that guy. I want to be that guy that everybody looks at and goes, that guy is just so full of Christ that he can't help but let him out. Yeah. That's, that's, my, that's my big, bold goal. What do you think of that one? I think that's a really good one. <laughs> While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we are back. And remember that you can send questions to dean at runforgod.com. If you've got a question, 
If you're part of Run Club and you're sending me emails, I'm answering them. Now, I may not answer it like really quick. Like when Kayla emailed me, <laughs> I got back with her within the hour. I can't promise you I'll get back with you within the hour. Um, but I will get back to you. So uh, if you've got questions, let me know. Dean at runforgod.com. If you don't know about Run for God and you just happened up on this podcast, you need to go to runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com to learn more about becoming a Run Club member. We are doing this thing this year called the Couch to Marathon program. And so we've had folks who weren't even runners who are going to try to run a marathon in a year. And so fascinating, fun to watch. Some people are doing some great things right now. You need to become a part of it. You might not need to be part of the Couch to Marathon program right now, but you need to be part of Run Club, and then you need to get into the Couch to Marathon program next year because we'll do it again next year. And we also want to hear your story. You know, Kayla just shared her story. Great story. And I'm sure there are people out there who can identify with a lot of what she, what she talked about. Well, we want to hear your story. You have a story. So why don't you share it with us? You can submit that at runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com. And maybe you'd like to share it live. Kayla's right here, right now, sharing her story <laughs> live. Um, so you can, you can do that. Um, yeah. So, all right. So we uh, – I really – I already mentioned that. I, I ran across your prospective student questionnaire is what it's called. Yeah. And you, you were, yeah, you, you've been a, a much faster runner than you were ever before. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking at it. It sounds like, yeah, whoa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what's your favorite thing about being a college athlete? Oh, goodness. You know, you travel a lot more. Yeah. You know, you're gone a lot of weekends. And I, I, I love the traveling um, but I also love the relationships I've made with the girls and just the friends I've had. It's just so encouraging. Um, and the people I've met along the way, yeah. you know, I think I don't think I could have done or and do college without being an athlete because, you know, running is kind of like a getaway. And yeah. so. You know, you can have the stresses of life and the stress of, you know, college and finals and all of that. And just having an outlet and being good at an outlet, it, it's just really, it's really nice. Yeah, that's cool. So do you feel like there's a lot of extra demands on you? I mean, you, you, you have to, you're out there and you're representing your school. So when we travel, it's not just a matter of going out there to run a race. You're representing right. your school, which is an important thing. Um and there's expectations for you to perform. Your coach expects you to to, to do well. And uh, do you feel like there's a lot of extra demands on you these days? Um, yeah. You know, you have to maintain, you know, a certain standard to maintain your eligibility. And so there's little things like that that, you know, are most definitely more demanding. But I think also something I had to get used to was people coming up to me and being like are you Kayla and I was like yes how do you know me yeah. <laughs> and you know because your face and your name are out there you know a lot more it doesn't take long to google search Kayla Maddox Dalton State and find my picture yeah. and you know having people that I don't know know who I am you know is was something that got took a while to get used to yeah yeah that's funny you know when uh, I tell you I'll tell you a funny story 
when I was in, uh, I had moved to South Georgia. I was a runner in high school and college, and I was, I was pretty good. People in this, anybody who followed elite running in the state of Georgia knew who I was, right? But I had moved to South Georgia. I hadn't been running, but I thought I would run a mile. They had an all-comers track meet. I thought I would go run a mile on the track just to see kind of how I could do. <laughs> and nobody there was going to know me because we were in South Georgia, right? right. And so I thought this is going to be cool. So I took no more than one to two steps onto the track when somebody goes, hey, aren't you Dean Thompson? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. And then I embarrassed myself by running, oh, that's nice. by running slower <laughs> than I've ever run in my life. So, uh, yeah, it was good stuff, good stuff. So I know you want to be an ambassador for Christ, too. Um, you think that's more difficult or easier as an athlete? Does it make any difference? Um, I think it's all about your attitude about it. You know, you have to understand that, you know, you do have people looking at you and watching you. And even when you don't realize somebody's always watching you. And so you have to really be careful about what you say Mm -hmm. to someone, but also what you say when nobody's around or you think nobody's around. Um, And so it, it can be difficult, but it also opens up opportunities to witness to people yeah um and so in that aspect you know it's easier yeah that's cool that's a good perspective all right do you want to run or do you just do it because it's good for you if you've never felt it before you can learn to crave the run it is time for dean's thoughts and that's a time when i share something that i've written about the intersection between running and faith this week it's called crave the run how much do you want to go out to run the world is full of runners who do it out of necessity they reason that it's good for them so taking time to run is worth putting oneself through the discomfort of a run how many times have we heard no pain no gain yeah the run is supposed to hurt right oh sure we've all been through those runs that seem easy and effortless But that's not the usual day. Most days are tough. Most days feel like there is resistance from your body as you take those steps. It's all in the process. It comes with the territory. It's part of the deal. It's just the way it is. But does it have to be that way all the time? No, it doesn't. Does it need to be that way sometimes? Probably. But let me tell you what I mean. We're never going to get to a time when every run is like riding on a magic carpet. Physiologically, it can't happen. Mentally, it won't happen. And practically, it just doesn't work that way. But you can get to a place where you enjoy the run, even to a point where you can't wait to do it. You want to be able to crave the run. The word crave means to feel a powerful desire for something. It's what happens when we fall in love with something or someone, right? So, can we fall in love with running? Well, I say yes. And I think it's more than simply understanding that running is good for you. We know eating kale is good for you, for us. And we may even do it from time to time. But we do it because we want to. Or, 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 but do we do it because we want to or because we know it's good for us? Most of us would say the latter. Kale isn't bad, but no one I know will tell you it's their favorite. I keep peanut butter pretzels next to my desk. 
I love them. I want to reach for one right now. We want to get to a point in our running life where we want to run like I want to reach for a peanut butter pretzel. So how do we get there? Well, I think it's all about feeling. Peanut butter pretzels make me feel good, mostly because of the way they taste. But I also know they're a fairly nutritious snack. Running makes you feel better, too. You sleep better, you maintain a lower weight, and you have more energy throughout the day when you run. Those are facts that are not in dispute. And all we have to do is recognize it. When we, con when we connect the feeling of running with the physiological facts, we should crave the run. It's just that simple. It's the same way with God. We know when our relationship is strong with him, we feel better. The byproducts of that relationship are contentment, joy, and peace. We should use those feelings to guide us to more intense prayer and time spent in our Bibles. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. When we are part of him, we bear much fruit. When we are apart from him, we can do nothing. We bear no fruit. Once again, the definition of the word crave is to feel a powerful desire for something. Do you crave your time with God? Is he the first one you run to when you have questions? Does he guide all that you do because you want to feel connected to him? We have to connect through our feelings. First, we have to realize where those feelings come from. In the case of running, we have to realize that we get extra energy and a more alert feeling when we do it. In our relationship with God, we have to realize that being part of him is much better than being apart from him. Crave the run. Right after you do that Bible study, you've been craving for the past 24 hours. <laughs> so you, I, I, I put this, this question here, do you ever find yourself wanting to run? But you just told the story yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of you wanting to run and me telling you you couldn't run. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how hard it is? For your coach to tell you not to run. <laughs> I don't know if you have a real appreciation for just how difficult that is for those words to come out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, you kind of looked at me like, well, I want you to run. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, do, do you ever find yourself wanting to read your Bible or pray? Do you, do, you, do you find yourself in those situations where you're like, ah, I need to pick up my Bible? Yes. Yeah. It, there comes a times when you just. When you get caught up in the world and you're just like, I just need to get away. I just need to go read my Bible and pray and be with the Lord. And when you do that, you feel so much better afterwards. Yeah. But, you know, I struggle with, you know, being intentional about it. Um, it. It doesn't come easy for me to just pick up my Bible every day and read. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I need to. And the feeling I have afterwards is just so rewarding and so comforting. And yeah, 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 that's awesome. I remember when I when I was a human resources manager, we had this whole plant full. Of, we had five, six hundred people in our plant, and so I can remember days just feeling overwhelmed, and days where it's like it was just one problem walking through my door after another, right? And I would intentionally get up and go out and just walk through the plant and talk with people. And it would make me feel so much better. And, you know, reading our Bible is kind of like that. 
prayer is kind of like that. It's kind of like the world is just feels like it's closing in on you. And you're like, if I can just get closer to God, I can I can push all of those walls away and feel the space that's around me and the peace that he gives you. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's great. Um, we, we have so many things to do, you know, we, we just feel like we have to check all those things off, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then that becomes what we do. And that's why that's why you have a hard time finding time to read your Bible. Right. Because yeah. you have all those things you want to check off and that you and that you want to do. And sometimes it's hard. Um, you know, I, I'm i fortunate um, because I'm a coach and I work in ministry. Um, and so it's a little bit easier for me to to crave the run and to crave the Bible study because that's what I'm involved in right. every single day. But that's still work, right? I'm still working. I mean, right now I'm working. But... I enjoy what I do, and so it makes it, it makes it a little bit easier. Because um, I, I just I just want to get up every day, and I want to go do it. And I realize, uh, and this is the way we should all be. We should all realize the fortunate circumstances of our life. And my fortunate circumstances of being able to work with Run for God and, and coach and do the things that I do, where my life kind of revolves around running, is like a dream come true for me. And I never take that for granted just how fortunate I am to be doing what I do. And everybody out there should be of the same mind. You have something in your life that you can be really thankful for. You mentioned your friends, and I'm sure I can hear it in your voice. You know, you're really, really thankful for those people being in your life. You're thankful for all those parents who poured into you. Um, And it's really good for us to take a step back and realize as much tension as there is in our lives sometimes as much friction as there is as much hassle as there is in our lives sometimes there's an awful lot to be thankful for isn't there there is yeah and i think when you start focusing more on the good things the bad things don't seem as bad because you're surrounded there's so many more good things out there than there are bad you're absolutely right 100 percent If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. So we are back, and uh, Kayla, you went to a really strict high school, didn't you? Oh, so strict. (laughs) (laughs) So what was it like being homeschooled? Um, You know, I think people have this mindset of, oh, you're homeschooled, like, you're such a nerd, and... (laughs) but. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, not really. Uh, Um, It's it's not easy, um, as people think. 
because you still have standards that you have to meet and um there's a lot of figuring it out on your own because you know if you're in public school you have a teacher who specifically knows that content and you know when you sometimes you just have to like teach yourself and Mm -hmm. you rely a lot on google (laughs) Mm -hmm. googling stuff yeah so what, what was your favorite thing about being homeschooled Oh, sleeping in. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Sleeping in, yes. Um, but, you know, I also got to make my own schedule. And so, you know, if I had something come up or, you know, I was going to be gone all day, you know, I could take that day off. And then for another day, I'd have to just, you know, catch up on my work or something. And so my schedule was really flexible and I was able to build, you know, how I wanted to structure my day. You know, I'll share something with you that. I always looked at people like that who are able to make their own schedule, and I thought, man, gosh, that that's so unusual to be able to do that. Because I was working in the corporate world for so many years, I thought, well, that was the only way that, that you did things. You got up, and you went to work in the morning, and you came home in the evening, and so you had to plan everything around that. Yeah. And then um, and then I, I, I left that job, and now I'm in a job where I'm like you. I, I, I mean, there's certain things I have to get to, just like you. But I can plan a lot of stuff around a lot of things. And I, I'm realizing that there are a lot more of those people out there <laughs> than <laughs> yeah. I ever thought there were. Yeah. Uh, so what was your least favorite thing about being homeschooled? Oh, well, I'm an extrovert. And so being around people really fills me up inside. And so being by myself was something that I had to learn to like. Yeah. And I had to learn that it's okay to be by yourself sometimes. Um, and I didn't have you know, a group of friends that would just spontaneously be like, hey, let's go hang out and go do this. And so sometimes I look back and I kind of have a little bit of regret for not doing that. But, you know, I also learned so much in that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. So what do you like better? You like track or cross country better? Well, if you had asked me in high school, I would have said track because I was shorter distances <laughs> and it didn't seem as hard, but I have learned to really enjoy cross country more. Yeah. It, you, it's one race and you're over with. <laughs> well, you know, I've always said this about cross country and track. I love the competition of track, but the camaraderie of cross country. That's, yeah. That's the way I always looked at it. Yeah. Um. So do you ever watch track and field on television? Do you ever follow the Olympics or anything like that? Um, not as strategically as some do, but I'll turn it on whenever it's on and watch it. So are you excited about the Olympics upcoming? Yeah. Are you going to watch the Olympic trials at all? Probably. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think that's – I can't wait. I mean, I'm just like, Olympic trials, <laughs> how long, how many days? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not like that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I get so excited about it, uh, and there's so much going on that's that's uh, that's crazy right now. There's a guy. Uh, I don't know if you've heard the name Hobbs Kessler. I don't think Hobbs so. Kessler is a high school runner who runs up in Michigan, up from up in oh. R- Riley Territory. And, uh, that place. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, he just ran a three thirty four fifteen hundred. Wow. Which is which actually beat the college best time wow that's how fast it was and so he's uh yeah he's just phenomenal um so 
he's probably going to be in the Olympic trial. He's got the Olympic standard. I mean, he could be in the Olympics. Now, I, I think there's three guys from the United States probably will probably beat him out of that, those spots. But, um, but that's amazing. So stories like that. Um, yeah. are just they're just fun fun to watch to see how they do i think right now in track and field and we're, we're in this stage of we're going from the old guard the people who have been around a long time and are household names to these new people like hobbs kessler you know matt centrowitz is probably going to make he's probably going to be in the olympics in the 1500 just because he's a professional he knows what he's doing he knows how to qualify and he's great he's a great he's a, he's a world champion for that matter um a gold medalist so anyway um it's, it's, it's fun to watch the changing of the guard as that, as that changes. Um, so who, do you have a favorite runner? Um, I don't really follow it as much to say that I have a favorite, but I think if I had to say probably Flanagan. Yeah? Yeah. Shalane? Yeah. Shalane Flanagan. Yeah. She, she, she's a good one for sure. She, you know, I watched, I watched the other day. It was a workout, and it was, it was somebody else. Um, Gwen Jorgensen, who used to, who's a actually an Olympic gold medalist in the triathlon, who is now running, um, and she was doing a workout. Well, Shalane did the mile repeats with her, <laughs> so she's retired now. Yeah, she can still get in there and mix it up and run, you know, five, five flat for the mile four times in a row. <laughs> yeah, so she's still pretty quick. Um, all right. It's time for a trivia question for this week. So, in keeping with our Olympic theme of these past several weeks, we've been kind of on this Olympic kick. So, I'm going to stay there. There was a man who won the 800-meter run in the 1972 Olympic uh, Munich Olympics. There were a couple of peculiar things about him. Tell me what he wore that was a little odd and the manner in which he won the Olympic 800 final race. Do you have any idea? You don't have any idea? No. All right. I'm thinking something a little odd. Oh. There's something different about him than everybody else. Um, and, and if you if you go back and even you look at it now, you go that was that was odd for even then, and it, you wouldn't see it now either. Hmm. Um, so anyway, that's I'm giving I'm giving out too many hints. <laughs> so check it out. Now you can send your answer to dean at runforgod.com please don't send that to me through messenger or any other way. Send it to dean at runforgod.com. The first person to answer correctly will get a run club box. We need to know your t-shirt size so send us your t-shirt size when you send us your answer to dean at runforgod.com Alright every week we share a reason why running is so awesome and this week the reason why running is so awesome is accessibility think about this can you think of another sport where you can basically run the same course as the professionals no (laughs) i mean i have been at the peachtree road race where i actually could put my hand on the the fastest guy in the race right from where i was standing because i was in the second row that was so awesome right (laughs) we get to run the exact same thing i think that's cool um Almost anybody uh, can consider running a marathon or finishing a marathon, even Kayla Maddox <laughs> run a marathon. Um, and it's, it's interesting if you look at mar- average marathon times over the years. Back in the 70s, the average marathon time was way faster than it is today. You find that interesting? Yeah. Do you know why? 
No. Because so many more people know they can run a marathon today. Back then, it was only the good runners who thought that they could do a marathon. Now, yeah. everybody and their brother thinks they can do a marathon. And so they do. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah that's great. Um, and, and what? If you can't run a marathon, well, maybe running a 5K is is, is what you want to do. So, so go out there and do that. Um, so many people understand what running is. They may not understand all the intricacies of, of running and all the training theory and things like that, but people understand what running is and that it's hard. Yes. <laughs> if I asked you, what does a left guard do on the football field? Could you tell me? No. 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 <laughs> Nobody knows. You know, I mean, the people who are into football know. I can tell you what the quarterback does. <laughs> yeah, that's about, right, right, right. So, yeah, it's a whole different ball game. Um, but in running, everybody understands what running is. You yeah, just got to run just faster. just go out there and do it. Right <laughs> One foot in front of the other. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what my grandfather tells me. <laughs> He's yeah. like, just go out there. It's one foot in front of the other, a little bit faster than the other person. <laughs> that's right. That's all. That's it. It's that simple. I remember going to the Peachtree Road Race one time and thinking, I, this the first time this hit me that that we got to do this was uh, back in the eighties when I was standing on the starting line and this was I was kind of there was kind of a separation between where I was and where Craig Virgin was. Craig Virgin was a world cross country champion twice. And there he is, right there in front of me. And I thought, man, that is so awesome. <laughs> and I'm going to run the same course, albeit much slower. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I finished six minutes behind him. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Our motivational thought of the week. This comes from somebody named Kayla Maddox. I asked her for her favorite quote. So she gave me this one. Now, this quote is unknown. Nobody knows who, who came up with this quote, but it is a really, really good one. So here's the quote. Never regret a day in your life. Good days give happiness. Bad days give experience. Worst days give lessons. And best days give memories. I like that. There's always something to learn from every day. It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty proud of this lady over here. <laughs> she's done a great job. Um, she's come a long way. Kayla, anything you want to say as we wrap up? No. <laughs> All right. Anything you want to tell people out there who are doubting that they can do something? I would say just try it. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Amen. Amen. That's, can't say any better than that. And I, right. I'm, I'm sure they can do it. <laughs> You'll find that you actually can do it. You will. Absolutely. All right. Everybody's doing great. You're, uh, you, you can continue to progress. You're doing fantastic. Keep up the great training. Keep up supporting one another on that Facebook page. Y'all are doing such a great job with that. And may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.